Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from inside a weird casino in the forest, I'll be your host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, my co-host, Shaman Paul Ellis. How's it going, Shaman? <laughs> uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing yokai. Um, I, th- I think you <laughs> might uh, have another guest there to join us on the show. <laughs> I think I broke our co-hosts with that one. We'll get ourselves. Uh, you are right. Here. We do have uh, we do have a guest that is here joining us uh, all the way from Monument Hill, creeping out of the grave. We have Melanie Harker to join us again. Hi guys. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. I'm doing well. I don't think I've ever seen such a wonderful feat <laughs> of puns at the beginning of a show. I hid that one. I hid that you one. You really. You did it right. It was all, it all fell into place like a bunch of magical puzzle pieces. Yeah. Oh, man. It, the sad part is I've been working on that and saving it for the last week or so. so <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm glad I had a good reaction. Work is what makes this work. Yeah. So work makes thank it work. you for that. Appreciate work it. Work makes it work. Work makes it work. Uh, <laughs> listeners out there, if you couldn't figure out what we're going to be talking about on this second round of uh, Pocket monster march madness month took me a second uh our second round of this we are clearly going to be talking shaman king versus yokai watch oh uh, boy yeah so what a what a slug fest oh, <laughs> this is a knockdown, knockdown drag, out, drag brawl. out so if you if you missed last week where we kind of ran through what exactly we're going to be doing this month uh just a real brief catch up we are looking at two different cartoon series in the theme of what we call Pocket Monster. So it's basically like a protagonist that goes out, catches monsters, and then pits them against each other in battle. Uh, we are going to be doing five of those series head-to-head. Last week was an interesting one. You can go back and check that out. We did Yu-Gi-Oh! versus Bakugan Battle Brawlers with some interesting results courtesy of myself, Sean, and our special guest, Mel. This week we're going Shaman King as the number two seed, which has a uh, 8.0 rating on IMDb. Versus Yo Kai Watch, which has a 6.5 rating. So they're going to be getting closer as we go through these seeds here. We're, we're at 2 and uh, 9. So uh, we're going to be getting a little closer. We'll see if our scores match up with the folks out there. But in case you're not familiar with these series, Sean is going to walk you through the history of Shaman King right about now. Sure thing. So Shaman King is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Hiroyuki Takai. Nice. An animated television series aired in Japan from 2001 to 2002 and was licensed in North America by 4Kids Entertainment in 2003. At an early stage of anime production, Takai himself helped the anime, or anime staff. However, he soon left due to his lack of time as he was working on the manga. Uh, the 64th and final episode aired September 3rd, 2005. Wonderful. And Mel, are you going to take, uh, take Yokai Watch for us tonight? I will. I will take Yokai Watch. Yokai Watch, Yokai Watchi, literally Monster Watch, is a series of role playing video games developed and published for the Nintendo 3DS, released in North America by Nintendo in November of 2015. A sequel was released in three versions, and a third title, Yokai Watch 3, will be released this summer. So something excited. to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> an, an anime television series produced by OLM Inc. began airing in North America on October 5th, 2015. An animated film was released on December 20th, 2014, with a second film released on December 19th, 2015. 
This might make Yokai Watch the most recent show that we've reviewed I, on this I show. I think, I mean, we haven't done, I don't think we've done a current show before, something that is still in the process of running. So yeah, I think it's the most current and up to date. So uh, hmm. yeah. good job, Yokai Watch, getting those record yeah. books. Yeah. Well done. So the, the histories are pretty standard there. There's nothing too surprising or too crazy. They're, they're just kind of products of Pocket Monster Madness, but Perhaps Ooh, the wait. synopses will change that Just up a little bit. Just wait. <laughs> so, Sean, you have Shaman King for us. Sure. Shaman King follows the adventures of Yo Asakura, a shaman, a medium between the world of the living and the dead, as he attempts to hone his shaman skills to become the Shaman King, who may contact the great spirit and reshape the world in any way they wish by winning the shaman fight a battle that is held once every 500 years. Uh, the, as we mentioned, uh, it was uh, the developer for this, the creator, uh, Takai, he chose shamanism as the main theme of the series because he wanted a topic that had never been attempted before in manga, which is a bad reason to do anything. I think that's actually the same reason that Yu-Gi-Oh's creator, I forget his name now, wanted to do the, the puzzle sort of build the, the mm. mythology around the puzzles because he was tired of seeing just like straight up battles all the time. He wanted to see some sort of puzzle um, Oof. trait to it. So We're just seeing a lot of bottle rockets this month. It's just a lot of people just like with really high ambitions, just lighting that spark, letting it <laughs> just for everybody. And oof, it is an interesting listen. Magical. They're doing their best, the guys. Magical. So in case you didn't pick it up from Sean's synopsis there, Shaman King has a lot to do with shamans. And as Mel's going to tell us about Yokai Watch, we'll find out what the hell a yokai is. <laughs> Will we? We might. Maybe. We might I don't know try. if it's in the synopsis. <laughs> I'm not actually don't know. If... It, oh, it is. It is. Okay, good. Okay, oh, okay cool. cool. All right. So Yokai Watch, when Nate comes across a peculiar capsule machine next to a sacred tree, he opens one up to find a yokai named Whisper, who gives <laughs> Nate a device known as the Yokai Watch, more like prisons him, imprisons him in this device. You're getting ahead of yourself. Device. I'm sorry. Using this, Nate is able to identify and see various different yokai that are haunting people and causing mischief. Ooh. Joined by the cat yokai, Jibanyan, Nate and Whisper start befriending all sorts of yokai, which Nate can summon to battle against more ill-intentioned yokai that happen to live in his town, causing terrible trouble. Yokai. Yokai. What would you guys, what, what like English phrase or, or term would you guys give to yokai? Because they're, they're kind of like ghosts. They're kind of like mischievous spirits. I was thinking just gremlins. Ooh, gremlin gremlins watch? Gremlins is a good one. Gremlin watch. Gremlins? Yeah. I'd watch, I'd wear a gremlin watch. Would you be in prison to that? it is forever, that like Mel said? Yeah. Forever? Sure. Yeah. You wear a gremlin watch? Who doesn't, who doesn't want to have a watch? Is it also a Fitbit? Yeah, it definitely is. Because I'd, I'd This day and age, it definitely, definitely is. <laughs> gremlin Fitbit nice. watch. Yeah. All right. Can it interface with my iPhone? Is it an Apple watch too? It's, uh, it's everything. Okay. Well, then, yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. Totally covered. <laughs> I would totally wear a gremlin watch. Uh, for folks out there who are listening to their first Pocket Monsters episode that might be a little bit lost, what we're going to do here is we are watching the English translation of the first episode of both of these series. It's really the only way that we can make it fair across the board, as much as humanly possible, is to watch the Eng English translations of the first episode in the series. So we're not going to get real deep into the mythology. We're also not going to get super deep into the specific plots from these episodes, because we're going to go through a round of five different criteria for both of these shows. So we're gonna, it's going to be pretty, pretty rapid pace, and we're going we're gonna to keep on the ball here. 
Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the show's theme songs, the character design, sort of the, the battle mechanics of how these, these battles with the different creatures work, uh, the overall plot of the episode that we watched, and then the boss that happens to be in this episode. Uh, that should have quotes around it because sometimes it's a very obvious boss and sometimes it is not so much. So just play along with us at home. We are going to rank these categories uh, from a scale of one being the lowest score to five being the highest for a maximum total possible of 25. We have yet to hit that that golden mark, but uh, we'll see if any of these shows actually get a 25 out of all of us combined. I don't think it will. Average. I know one perfect pocket monster show. I wonder what that I'm one's going to be. For it. Are you going to be on that episode, though? No, I won't oh. be, because this is my last one for the month. But, oh. uh, but I'll be rooting on the internets, so you you'll go. see me. You can always share your thoughts on the internets where you're always right. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't just mean Mel in general. I just mean people on the oh. internets. I just mean everybody. Everybody on oh. the internet. And speaking of Mel, we are going to kick things off with our theme song here. So we're going to be starting with Shaman King because it is the higher seed. So, Mel, you've got one minute to give us your thoughts on the Shaman King theme song. So, Shaman King theme song, not what I expected. Okay. It felt to me as a, as a bad Jimmy Buffett ballad Ooh. does. I actually wow. like that description. So that was my feelings about it. That's pretty good. You've got like 40 yeah. more seconds you can expound on here. No, that's all I have. Oh, that's all oh, you wow. got? Well, it's going to be a quick yeah. round. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> I'm trying right, to keep Sean, it concise. What about you, buddy? You're our, you're our resident expert on the theme songs over there. So what, what's your take on it? You've got a full minute I, and 20 seconds. I enjoyed it. Uh, it had the same kind of feel to me as last week's Bakugan. It, had, it, just, it felt like it was going to be something that I would listen to on a college band's EP. I kind of got into it. I didn't, I didn't mind it. I was a little bit confused about it. The theme song actually did a better job for me explaining what was going to happen in the show than the actual show did. That's fair. Mm, fair, yeah. And so I, there were moments when I was watching it where I got excited because you see these sort of, um, you know, beings or you see these kind of shadow ghost creatures appear behind, behind these people and yeah. you think to yourself, oh, crap, like, it looks like some really fun stuff's going to happen. And then it just never really comes to fruition <laughs> in this first episode, which is going to be a consistent theme for me. If you have a fun mechanic, right. get to it early so you can enjoy that for the rest of the fucking show. Yeah. Don't get into it in minute 21 out of a 22-minute episode, you dum-dum. No, I definitely agree with you, and that'll come into play, I think, for the, for the plot. But uh, yeah, so you kind of like the, the tone, the, the lyrics, how they were kind of the exposition was out of the way in the theme song. And then the, the characters, you kind of get to see them all on display in the first, um, you know, in this theme right. song. So that was kind of a nice change. That was, that was pretty much your take on it? You feel pretty good about that? Yeah, that was mine. What, what did you think, Dave? No, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the, the, the only thing that I kind of knocked, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was an okay theme song. It just didn't have a lot of energy. So I kind of am a blend, I think, between your take and Mel's because, yeah, it did kind of have that, like, laid back. It seemed like it was trying to be kind of tribal at, at some point, which makes sense once we get into the, <laughs> once we get into the, the plot of, and the mechanics of the show. It seemed like it had kind of this, it was trying to go for this, like, tribal kind of rhythm. But it never really pumped it up to another level to get excited about anything. Like, they, they, all these lyrics, they talk about, you know, the destiny is right there for the taking. All you have to do is, you know, look around and reach out for it. 
and they could have had like this moment where it was almost like a bass drop, you know, like they could have had this this big moment of like an up tempo kind of rocking, it's like section. sweet dubstep thing, sweet dubstep theme song, something. It just needed an extra level, and it didn't quite get there. So to me, it's not super memorable. Uh, it's kind of laid back, which you don't want for an action series theme song. So that's kind of right. my take on it. But yeah, we'll go back around the horn. So Mel, what did you rank this one out of five? So we've had my my first change. Wow, that I was think quick. Sean did a good job of uh, reminding me how well it really did map out what the show was about. So sure. I I gave it a three. You gave it a three. I, I gave it a three. Excellent. Cool. I gave it a three as well. You did. This is interesting because I actually gave it a two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to change it just because I I, fe- I felt. The visuals and stuff were okay. They were good. It was a nice tease for what was going on. But the audio just, it was kind of a snooze. Like, it wasn't super exciting, which it should have been. This is a kid who basically, well, we'll talk about it in a second. But he's got some cool abilities and powers. <laughs> and it just didn't really come across in the theme song. It just wasn't, uh, wasn't quite enough for me. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's okay. a two for me. Two threes and a two. Not too bad. And now we come back to Mel. We're going to talk Yo Kaiwatch. <laughs> And this one, I think, will be a little more animated, so take it away. So, started watching Yokai Watch, and just from the beginning, which I highly recommend every human who is listening to this go and look it up, because there are some things you can never unsee, but also some things you just have to never unsee, and I think this is one of those things. Interesting. It, it, it you know, if you think about crazy off-the-wall Japanese songs this really fits into it it has a lot of different genres involved but at the but really the bottom line is at the end of this however long theme song my jaw was open and i think i was my hands were in fists that could not be unfisted (laughs) out of of anger out of anger (laughs) and surprise and horror it did nothing for me to explain what i was about to see except maybe i should get more cocaine before i watch it more cocaine just want to make more cocaine because they assumed that you were already on cocaine when you started the show so i just want to make sure i'm on the same page the song Uh could not be unfisted and you needed more cocaine (laughs) absolutely is what i boil it down to sean how about you you, buddy what's your uh take it was really weird because when i when i sat down after watching the episode last night and i began to write out my notes and i got the theme song I actually could not remember what the theme song was. Yeah, mostly because it's mostly gibberish. Right. Yes. Okay, good. And so, and so there was nothing in the theme song that initially resonated with me. Now, going back and listening to, or having listened to it again, yeah. it's sort of stuck in my head as we're having this discussion and the, the repetition of the, the Gara Gara Pone yeah. uh, it is, is kind of maddening. Uh, and so it, it was... I can't say whether it was good or bad. It was, it was diverse. There was a lot of things that happened in it. <laughs> Too many things. <clears throat> but I, I, will say, I will say this, that I enjoyed it because there is a ghost that is in this theme song that is shaped like a butt that farts purple mist onto a countertop. <laughs> and that kind of bare-ass farting <laughs> on ghosts. top of somebody is exactly how you get pink eye. And it's it exactly is. what made me. It, I, had, I, did, I actually shrugged my shoulders while I was watching this to go, the fuck? So I think that's, that's my take. That's probably the best way to explain it. Uh, mine, I have written down in my notes, lots of white cartoon rap with weird girl song <laughs> exposition. Because what happens in this, and I, we've kind of danced around it, 
it starts off kind of like with this this very catchy kind of like refrain they keep repeating, which is Gara Gara Po, and they have this kind of weird like Grease style hand jive thing that they do a dance to it, and then it turns into like this pseudo rap that just sounded like a bunch of just like white guys in a studio were just trying to like figure out some sort of rap to match up with the theme or whatever was going on. And then it turns into like the chick from Evanescence just singing this like powerful ballad about a orphan cat and trying to find a home. And then it goes back to the hand jive. And let me just give you a quick before we go and do our scores here. Please, I just want to give you a please, quick these lyrics are amazing. Quick rundown of the opening of the lyrics. So after the Gara Gara Po, it says, Come on, so sit back, here's their story. Nate say, hey yo no, whisper go, crack a lack of boom boom. There's more yokai than taters in Idaho like Cheese Queek and his Popo. Feel that there? Way down low? Bitch Fant makes you need a quick commode. And that's where I'm going to stop. Because <laughs> if it sounded like, you know, those, you know those like bad lip reading videos where the guy just like makes yes. up gibberish that oh, seems yes. like it fits? That's how this song was made. It is a and theme I, song I, made of bad lip reading. Yeah. And I honestly, I watched this without subtitles. It's impossible. And then I watched it with subtitles. It's impossible. And, I, and even with subtitles, I was like, Holy crap, this is, <laughs> this is a lot, and it makes zero sense. No, it makes zero sense. The subtitles actually made it worse. I think they, they actually made my score go down one. So speaking of scores, Mel, what did you give this one? So this, this, makes more, this is going to make more sense, I think, for you, Dave. Okay. I gave this a two okay. because I felt that this and the Shaman King theme song could not be on the same par. There's just no way. It's just unfair. Fair enough. To say that this was as bad as Shaman King, and they just weren't, weren't see, the same. I see them as two different extremes on opposite no. ends, but <laughs> Sean, what about you? I gave it a three. That's fine. I think it's pretty average. And I, mean, I, think it, it, I think it was middle of the road for me. And there were obviously it, some parts that made it like, kind of stick out to you, and you're smiling like a, like a, like a yokai. So obviously yeah, it, it was, stuck with you. That is true. Oh Dave, what'd you give it? Uh, I gave it a two. This is, I, I thought it was kind of on par with Shaman King, just on the opposite end of the spectrum. So not the worst yeah. thing I've ever heard, but like as Shaman King didn't have enough energy for me, uh, Yokai had too much chaotic Ritalin fueled energy that I just couldn't, it couldn't focus on like one thing for me. And yeah. like Sean mentioned in the background of this thing too, there's just like a bunch of crazy shit just going on the entire time. And it's just, <laughs> you don't get a sense of what the show is about. So that's why I had a, a knock on it too. So. But I think we're all pretty close there. That's, that's actually pretty close all the way around. Yeah. So. We're doing much better than last week, guys. Yeah, a lot more agreement. <laughs> For now. For better or worse. For the For moment. For the, I cursed us. I cursed us. Well, you we're going to move on to our, our character Shit. design. Now, this one, to clear up any misconceptions from last week, it's not only the sort of the humans that are involved, but also the monster characters or the creatures that are involved as well. So it's their, how you like their design, how you like you know their level of kawaii or cuteness, and then just what you thought overall about the animation. So this is character design and we'll, we'll turn it over to Mel. So this is going to be kind of hard okay. uh, for Shaman King. Cause I feel as though we didn't get to see a whole lot right. of variety in here. So we, the, the bodies of uh, characters that we do have are the kids at school. And then we've got the bad guys, the dead enders. And then we have the, the ghosts that are being summoned by uh, <laughs> our shaman right. here. So, I'm going to start with my favorite. So the ghosts, I thought, were badass. Cool. AF. They thought they were pretty great. Uh, the, there was a, there's a magnitude to them. They sort of, they're ghosty. They, they are balls of light, and then they come out, which is really neat. Uh, so I, I liked that. Other end of the spectrum was the shaman had that weird, classic, uh, 
unbelievable anime style to him where all the other kids looked pretty normal and then he had feet that were as big as his head. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about that. <laughs> there were his his bell bottom pants were as big as his head and that didn't make any sense. It so was, it was that was weird. yeah. So that's your takeaway. Sean, what about you? You know, it was very confusing but also very fun for me. Okay. There was a good variety. Uh with Tiny Morty, uh he was yeah, like pocket was Morty. Really yeah, Pocket Morty. Uh, uh, he was uh, he was very weird and uh, and like and he he's he's confusing because compared to the rest of his classmates, you wonder why his growth is so stunted <laughs> or what happened to him yeah. the entire time. You know, we've had problems in the last two weeks with Yu Gi Oh and now with with Shaman King, where it's like, why do we have? I kept waiting for him to turn into a former pharaoh with a gambling problem, <laughs> like on par with Yu Gi Oh, and it just never yeah. came to fruition. But I, I didn't I, I didn't understand the whole thing with Yo and why he was unable to use the top buttons on his shirt. Any buttons? Oh we, yeah. We any and we also had Dracula Elvis uh, as the, <laughs> What's the as Dracula? the like as one of the villains, and I just I loved that. There was just I it was a smattering, and it was really just all over the place. Yeah, it was. There were definitely levels of the character design here. So like you guys have already mentioned, we had sort of the the school kids uniform. Everybody kind of looked the same. That was very similar to Yu Gi Oh, and then they had this one little weird kid who's like he barely comes up to their knees like it was very extreme that this kid who i was really confused in the beginning we'll talk about it during the plot because he is kind of the, the introduction to this world and it's it's bizarre <laughs> he's basically built like a bowling ball but he's in his uniform and then it turns out that he's not you know he's not definitely not the title character and he's not really got anything to do with it other than be like a this weird sidekick that being mm-hmm. said i love the spirit design so the ones we not only saw in the theme song but when we actually get to meet one of these like samurai spirits, they right. look way more realistic. They're kind of like the jacked up comic book superhero style of a character. And they're, they're bigger than life, but they also have that kind of um, transparency to them that, that Mel was talking about. The, their design is not quite as solid or opaque because they're spirit. But it adds an, ex, an extra layer of uh, kind of cool, cool action beat to it. So I like that. I have, uh, yeah, Mel, we'll go back to you for your score. I do want to say that I love you mentioned how like super skinny Yo is, but he's got these massive cuffs right oh before his boots to like anchor him to the ground. I guess I have no idea. What it reminded so briefly before what it reminded me of is Sonic the Hedgehog's design yeah. when it came back for Dreamcast, or I guess no, I guess just in when he's animated, just like his like giant his shoes form. and his like little straw legs. Huge, tiny, yeah, exactly. That it was it huge. was as if he was huge, huge, was huge, pretty huge. All right, so my score. Yeah, how'd you score this one? Are you changing it? I'm. I'm at no. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna change it. I gave it a three. A three. That's, That's cool. That's good. I give. I give it a three as well. Hey, yeah. guess what? Three for three. Whoa! Way to be yeah. super average, Shaman King. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, I think it, that's fair. You know, it wasn't. You know. Go ahead, Mel. When you have something like this where the extremes balance it out, right. where you have really badass monster design, but then. The design of everybody else kind of doesn't make sense. I wish. Oh, now I'm not going to get into wishes because it's already happened. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Dream. It's, it's uh, dreams deferred. Dreams deferred. Well, we'll defer right yeah. over into Yokai Watch, and you can pick up with character design there. So you want to talk about right. this level of uh, animation here? So I loved the animation in Yokai Watch, okay. and I wish that the rest of the show came up to this expectation. I th- there were so many fun different interpretations, so many different art styles that happened. 
with each of the characters, you had sort of, there were like moments of sketch and then where they were sort of pencil sketched out. And, and then just, they were all different. I am saying the same thing over and over again, but it's just really exciting. And then I thought in general, the design of the characters and the people were like an adorable Miyazaki movie. It was as if we were in Ponyo. And that okay. just made me feel really comfortable and excited. And the girl looked like she could have belonged in Kiki's delivery service, the, the one who crushes Nate's dreams, which is awesome. She shows up for three seconds, crushes his manhood, and then leaves. And then leaves. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect female character, in my opinion. Oh, with your average stag beetle. Ugh. Just so, like you. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so Mel's on board. Sean, what about you? I loved the... I, I enjoyed... Let me say this. I enjoyed the human character design. Okay. I loved the yokai design. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I love it. Whisper was great. Jabanyan was fantastic. Uh, all of them were just really fun and inventive. And I, I, I think we saw maybe a total of four or five yokai yeah, in this first lot. episode. Yeah. I, I, but I was glad that we saw them because it was, it was already, it was 300% more than what we saw in Shaman King. Fair. And... I was excited about them because they seemed to have fun and interesting stories. And each one of the designs was, was unique. And I, I loved the voice acting for a lot of them, too. I thought they were super cute. Mm-hmm. I just, I want my own little whisper. You want I know whisper? that's sad to say, like, I want my own little ghost to fly up above my <laughs> head and act as like a butler. The spirit of a dead And person. enslave me. <laughs> I want a dead cat to follow me around. Sounds awesome. Ugh, that was called Pet Cemetery. I mean, I've oh. basically got one here. He's pretty close to it. So. Oh, Ooh, Texas. He's a zombie. Ugh. So for Sean, he wants a dead butler and a gremlin watch. So Christmas Yeah, why not? List. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? Well, here's the weird thing. I'm so wait. Oh, no, we didn't do the scores yet. So for me, I agree with you guys on both counts. I just have the opposite opinion of those stances. So I agree with your descriptions of the the human characters. They were very cute. This is definitely it seems like it's skewed towards a younger audience than the other shows we've kind of watched so far. It just from the thematic elements and the character design, it seems skewed younger uh, to me. That was my take on it, which is great. I just I wasn't yeah. I wasn't quite as thrilled. I like the human design the most because it um, it looked like kind of like the the middle grade for kids. It looked like an elementary school to middle school kid. So I thought that was kind of cool. I really thought the yokai were lazy. Uh, they looked super simplistic. Oh. Everything was kind of a blob or just like a weird circle with limbs. It just didn't it didn't do it for me. So I don't know. Even the cat thing. So we're gonna have oh, we're gonna man. have different scores, I think, on this one. I think it's interesting Ooh. that we had the same uh, react, well, same interpretations, and we noted the same things. We just have drastically different opinions on whether or not we like those things. <laughs> well, get ready for these scores. Get ready, because yeah. they are gonna be polar opposites. K.O. All right, Mel, what did you have? Changing my, I'm doing a five. Because I insulted it again. I just felt more strongly about it as you started describing. I just really, I thought. That, because and, I insulted And Sean mentioned the character design specifically of the variety. And, and I just really enjoyed the whimsical nature. Yeah, that's a great way so to describe I give it. So I give it a five. Great. Okay. Sean, what about you? I, I'm not going to, I'm going to stick with my original score, which was a five. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You brought me up, Sean. You're welcome. No, I give this one a two. Really wasn't doing it. Uh, I, I don't know. I just didn't find it. I didn't find it original. I didn't find I found it lazy. Uh, that okay. was just my take on it. It's not for it. you. It's just not That's for you. That's fair. No, just, yeah, just not for me. Like, like we said, for no, the I mean, exact it's same cool reason, to, It's cool so, being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool to be wrong in this world. 
Uh, we're going to move back over to Shaman King. <laughs> Wait, you mean it's cool to be uh, wrong in this world of uh, dead watch tokens <laughs> that store... Yokai? That's, that's oh, God, story I can't yokai. wait to get into the plot of this because it makes zero uh, sense all around. Fuck. Yeah. Just like, hey, we were uh, similar to a Pokemon game. Let's just continue in that vein. <laughs> Speaking of, so now we're going to talk about the game, the, the game mechanic within the story and sort of the battle mechanics of how these things kind of work. So included in this will be things like monster transitions, such as when the hero brings the monster or character or creature to the battlefield. Uh, so whenever they make their first appearance, Plus the rules of the engagement, if there are any, and then kind of like the fun factor as well of, of how this goes. So, uh, Mel, with that in mind, what was your take on the battle mechanic? I had a very good time with the very brief amount of time that right. we had with the battle mechanics in Shaman King, as we've already noted. But based on that, uh, what, I, what I enjoyed foremost was the respect to the shamans that, or to the ghosts that were being summoned by the shaman okay. uh and then the way the the sort of ritual behind how it was done it felt a little less um haphazard than some other where you're just throwing a ball or you're dealing some cards this was really you know connecting with another world right. and bringing that being into this world which i really enjoyed and then uh and then I liked that. And then the sort of, you see the after part of what happens when that battle is over and the ghost is sort of recovering. And, uh, and just, again, and I think there's just a respect in that that you don't see in a lot of other pocket monster worlds. So I liked that. Cool. Sean, what was your take? I have no idea about this show. Okay. I, <laughs> I am so lost about the battle mechanics for. Uh, for Shaman King, and, and again, I know I said this earlier, that if it takes you 21 minutes in a 22-minute show Fair. to get to what the, the main point of this entire battle mechanic game is going to be about, I, I, I lose interest. I lose interest very quickly. And so the one Shaman transformation that we had, I thought that it was very interesting, uh, but I was so lost at that point that it, it, felt, it felt almost like it felt moot. I just, I didn't care. And so... I, I will agree with you that it was great and it was respectful in that sense, but it, it, you realize that the the narrator being Morty for the entire time, mm -hmm. he's not the main character then finally. You've been following this person that's so tertiary to this story that it doesn't even matter. So that was my problem. Yeah, and we can talk about that more in the plot too. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll carve out a little more discussion it. time, I think, for that because um, we've danced around it. But for me, kind of a blend of the two, your opinions. So I love the idea that you could conjure these spirits of the dead. Um, he conjures spirits of like dead warriors basically to help him. And it wasn't, you know, like Mel said, they weren't just creatures that you kept imprisoned in a tiny ball and you threw into battle whenever you needed to. It was like you had to make this sort of pact and you conjured them and the, the, you cooperated together to kind of work together for this, um, to put the spirits in their spirit form or to just kind of be alongside you as you fight. I thought that was a really cool mechanic. We don't really learn about rules or things like that because he hasn't gone up against another shaman yet this is basically just like a jerk in a graveyard and right. he just kind of takes him out so i did knock my points down a little bit for sean to your point making us wait so damn long to see any kind of fight and then not giving us the full picture of what the actual battle was because this was just a straight introduction and that's one of the problems with us only doing the first episode yeah yeah and you know and briefly just to yeah. go back to, to last week's we talked about Blue Eyes White Dragon right. and Exodia and all these things that we have that are interesting that 
that snare you and bring you into the fold of what this world is and what the ideas are that are going to be behind it. And this had none. No, just this like had the not a single hint. thing yeah. to, to help kind of bring you into the fold. And that, that was really disappointing. So how did you score it then, since we're with you right now? I gave it a two. Gave it a two? Fair enough. Ooh. Well, that makes sense, I, I think, com- with your reaction to things. But Mel, what was your yeah. response? I gave it a four. You gave it a four. Interesting. Well, I was really... I was really taking it out of the context of the show and just scoring it on exactly that particular point. Sure. And based on that alone, I would watch the show again to see how that plays out. But I also have a different opinion about the plot. So we can talk about that when we get there. Yeah, that'll be coming up in just okay. a little bit. But I, you know, I'm in between the both of you. So I gave it a three because I really did like the mechanics. It was different. It was respectful. It had a sense of history to it. It had a sense of personality. It wasn't just mm-hmm. a collection of the things like either my most expensive collection or the rarest collection. It was like him making a pact with these, these kind of spirits. And yeah, I'd probably check it out to see what happened down the road as long as I did more than like this half-assed battle at the end. Uh, so I was hoping that was just like enough to kind of hook me into it, but it didn't really sink its teeth. So I only gave it a three. Well, let me explain to you. It's another 65 episodes of Morty walking around a graveyard <laughs> yeah, just grumbling. trying to take photos Ugh. and shit getting pissed off about stuff and showing him off to his friends who just think he's crazy. That sounds exactly right, unfortunately. Which is a poor way to handle mental illness. <laughs> God. Well, we could definitely talk about that in the plot, but let's, uh, let's continue our discussion on battle mechanics here with Yo-Kai Watch, which is kind of interesting. They take this one in a different direction too. So Mel, what, was your, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh... Awesome. Sean, how about I... you? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> just gonna muscle you. That's no. not fair. Please. Uh, I, I this confused me. I didn't really understand. I understood the mechanic of being able to see the yokai, and then you have to confront them or negotiate that right. with them in order for them to stop doing the heinous thing that they are doing. Which is not battling, it's just sort of confronting them. It's having, having that tough conversation with the friend you don't like about that annoying thing they do exactly. that they should really stop doing. Uh, it was just stupid. The whole show is dumb. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I can't tell where you fall on this thing. You like love the design of them, but you think everything else is pretty stupid. So I don't know where Listen, you're going to be. Listen, dis- I can be discreet about each individual That's layer, great. and I try to be honest about all of them. So this just didn't, I didn't, what the, what the fuck? No, that's why you're a judge on this show, because you can be discreet and occasionally get unfisted. So Sean, what did you think about the uh, battle mechanics? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So, you know, to, to Dave, to your earlier point that this is marketed towards a younger, a younger crowd, Mm -hmm. a younger demographic, I completely 100% agree with you. And I think that that sentiment could not have been more true than the moment where Nate puts on the watch and then Whisper leans in creepily and is like, and you can never take it off. And he's like, what? Slap <laughs> yep. right on his wrist. Gotcha and you're just like, because I love the idea of, you know, when you're playing these, these games, like you're playing this game, but you're playing this game now forever. It's not like, a game. You no, can never get out of it. Now, you know? It's your life now. Yeah. But I, I, loved, I loved the idea, as you mentioned, about the, the negotiator fight. I love the option of being able to like talk it out and, and diffuse the situation through conversation is, is fantastic yeah. because it, it kind of shows to, to people, you don't have to throw fists every time. You don't have to walk in and, and throw a, a little red and white ball at somebody and, and have your, your monkey pet duke it out. Yeah. 
you know, it, you could you could you could sit down and you could have a conversation. So I think it taught two lessons. One, it's great if you can have a discussion and if you can settle it like individuals. And if you can't, just throw a fist. Yeah. Like, but have but have a ghost do it. But have a ghost throw but a have, fist. This is great advice. <laughs> settle, settle. Words have to live a conversation by. <laughs> like two adults. And if it doesn't work, throw a fist. But have a ghost do it. But have a ghost. I feel so sorry for the children you may have someday, Sean. <laughs> They're going to sit down I and watch for them too. Yokai Watch. Yeah, for me, this one, I like the mechanic that it wasn't just straight up battle. I like the idea of it. I just didn't really like the execution. Maybe it was just because of this particular episode because it was just kind of lackluster. There wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of fighting, which will become apparent once we get to the boss section of this discussion because there kind of wasn't one. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. Uh, I did like. But the, I, you know, I yeah, I, I don't. I want to interject on this, but I, I think the thing that's enjoyable about this is that there doesn't always have to be conflict. There doesn't always have to be con. No, there doesn't. No, not everything has to start with an argument. I don't, okay, let me rephrase that. Conflict is always good, but it doesn't always have to start with an argument. Like, which is what all of these other shows start out with. See, no, they start I'll, with an I'll, argument. I'll disagree that's based with you there a, because there are some. Uh, you know, so like. In Yugi, it was more of just like a who has the stronger deck. Now, granted, Kaiba, sure. Kaiba's complete ass, and we talked about that in the boss battle. This is just like, I don't, I don't want to watch this cartoon. This is not for me, where it's just like, guys, you're doing weird shit. Let's talk about it. And then my ghosts <laughs> will punch your face. I, it just wasn't exciting for me. I like the message that they're trying to get across, but like we said, it's for a younger audience. So for me... It was a cool idea, enough to get at a couple points, but as far as like fitting into my idea of like pocket monster mold, uh, just didn't quite add up. Well, then, Dave, we should ask what what was your what was your points for this? I gave it a what two. Did you assign? I gave it a two. Gave it two. I liked. I gave it a point for like uh, how unique it was and how it tried, like you said, Sean, to show that there was a different path. I just thought their execution was a little because you can always say that okay. and say, look, we should have a conversation first, and then have the antagonist be a complete asshole. And then you are now forced into a confrontation. That's the kind of show I'd like to watch. This was just kind of like a sad pile of ghosts and a dead cat. So it's not exactly my favorite <laughs> that is, thing. <laughs> that is the whole show. That's in a nutshell. Show. You're like, it's, it's close to, too, it's hitting too close to home with the dead cat. It really was. It knocked it down a peg. So Sean, what did you rank this one? <laughs> I, I gave this a three. Okay, fair enough. Mel, what yep, about you? I was middle of the road. Gave it a two. I'm debating on taking a point off just because of Sean being a wimp about this. I love, I love spike points. Mel has the but best I'm not gonna. spike points. I'm like you want negative, point? negative no, three I'm not. with Mel for that. What? <laughs> no, I'm, taking, I'm, I'm keeping it at my two. Keeping it at right. your two. The two, two, and a three. We're, we're all pretty close on this one. There hasn't been anything yeah. too crazy yet. But now we're going to devote a little bit more time for the actual plots <laughs> of these mm-hmm. things which for Shaman King should only take about 30 seconds, I think. But uh, we'll start the clock. I'll give, I guess we can do about two minutes for each one if we really need it, and we'll bump up discussion right. if needed. So, Mel, your thoughts on the plot of the first episode of The Shaman King. All right, so here, here's what I have to say about Shaman King. We, we've all been dancing around this, this idea. So there's, a, there's the small round character whose name I've already forgotten. Morty. Morty. Thank Pocket you. Morty, yeah. So we start with Pocket Morty. <laughs> It's not really his name. But we start with Morty, and we, we're following the story of Morty. And 
What I have to say about that is that this is a convention that I've already seen done in anime. Right. If you, so I am a fan of uh, the show One Piece. Right. And in the show One Piece, the very first arc is not about the main character whose name is Luffy. It's about a completely different character who is a smaller in stature, geeky. He's got like glasses that are bigger than his face. I can't remember his name. But we sort of follow his story and about him meeting Luffy. Right. And then they work together to do something. And then. Luffy, and then surprise, Luffy leaves behind this kid that you've met and have followed through the whole first arc, and then you're following Luffy as in his quest to become the best pirate. So that that little diversion is just to say that I'm pretty used to that happening as a mechanic in anime, where there's uh, a sort of a weaker character who is admiring the main character, the right. actual intended protagonist yeah, and of title the show, yeah. and watching him. Uh, come into his own or you know whatever the, the unfolding of his story so i was okay with that uh and i spent a lot of time sort of setting that up but but my my final thoughts about the the plot is it it is interesting i thought it was a little slow i thought we took a really long time setting up these sort of comedic punches with morty which were all lame as fuck <laughs> Only to, <laughs> only to wait. You're right. There's all this buildup, and then finally we had a pretty awesome battle with the Dead Enders, and then that was the end of it. And that was sort of, it was just a lot to sit through in order to get to the good stuff. Yeah, for not so a big I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sean. What about you? I, uh, I had some problems. I just I felt <laughs> that the show really divided my attention between these two main characters, yeah. and it never really settled on. Uh, you know, wh what direction it was going to go on. It took way too long to get to the actual meat of the show. And as a result, the entire dish uh, of this that was presented to you in this show form, just it all suffered. I just didn't, I didn't get into it. When I have to ask more questions about something that I've watched, I get very worried and it makes me not want to continue watching things. So the questions I have are, am I collecting spirits? Am I fighting spirits? Am, <laughs> Am I, I fighting to free yeah. spirits? Who knows? Because they're never going to fucking get to it. So I just, I didn't, this, the plot or lack thereof really did not resonate with me in any way. So you didn't like the fact that they were like, uh, you got another like minute on the clock if you want to get more into like sort of the, the conflict that they had. The fact that like these, this random gang of graveyard kids show up at the end and i don't know it was like a weird one yeah of i mean conflict. again it was it, it just took so long yeah. to get there that you know at that point i was so bored with everything that was happening i really think that i i, I would have to watch another five or ten episodes of this to really kind of get into it to understand the mechanics uh not only of the game but just the plot i i have no fucking idea what they're doing with this show gotcha yeah, for me, it was just kind of like I wasn't invested in Morty at all. I kind of was at first because he says, you know, I'm, I like to read horror stories. I love English class. I love to take, you know, walks home late at night and go through the graveyard. So it's like this weird little kid that like everybody kind of makes fun of and they tease him because he thinks everybody he grows good. up with one. Everybody what? <laughs> everybody grows up with one of those or, guys. Or is one as you grow up next to a graveyard yeah. and are a weird kid. <laughs> Dave so, is pointing at himself. Yeah, with both barrels. So. <laughs> You either know or were that little kid. So I, like, I wanted to like Morty, but he quickly becomes this like, just really irritating, not funny, aggravating little character who you've seen Ooh. in anime before. Like You've seen this character. Yeah. And like Mel said, it's kind of a, a rehashed story where you've got a framing story that you're watching the main character from afar, and he's kind of aloof, and he's too cool for school, literally. 
for whatever reason, he can't keep his shirt buttoned, and he has a weird, like, <laughs> like toenail talisman on his neck. I don't like know. Talons, like talons? Like raptor talons? I get talisman? it. He's supposed to be, like, Ugh. tribal shaman, whatever. But it just did not work. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to like Morty at first, and then I wanted to like the Shaman King, the Yo character, when he sees him in the graveyard, like, and he, he is surrounded by all his quote-unquote friends, which are just ghosts. And then they drop that for the entirety of the episode until basically Yo wants to like stand up for his buddy Morty now because they're the only two that they, they know that can see ghosts. So Yo thinks that that's kind of rare, so he wants to pal around with Morty a little bit. But he also uses him as bait in order to fight these, uh, these guys who have desecrated the tomb of Amita Mura, who was a uh, famous samurai who actually betrayed his king. And then before they could take him down, he killed like, 50 guys so he's got this cool legend right. built up around him and it's at that moment where uh it's this final battle which we can talk about now if you guys want where yo summons the spirit of amitamura and it's this huge like just badass looking samurai with a, a massive katana that shows up behind him and allows yo to fight the uh vampire elvis which i think sean dubbed yeah <laughs> sean do you want to talk vampire about that elvis. guy for a second you had you had more I, info I, I, on him I'm, you know what? I'm gonna when we come back and talk about the boss, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss him a little bit more. Okay, that sounds good. Um, so Mel, what did you what did you score the plot of the first episode of Shaman King? I gave it a two. You gave it a two, okay? Because it's not yeah. stuff you kind of seen before, and it wasn't you know it was pretty slow. I th- I think that just the pacing of it, yeah, really hurt it more than anything. Even though I understood what they were doing, but I just think that. Uh, I don't know. I just think they set it up really poorly. Fair enough. So, and Sean, what was your take on it? What's your score? You know, I'm gonna change my Ooh, original score. Change. The more, the more I discuss this, the more aggravated I get. Uh-oh. I'm giving it a one. Whoa! Whoa. I went from a two to a one. Enough. Well, we've got a one, two, three. I gave this one a three because I thought the it was a fairly average story, but I understand that they're trying to set up and go somewhere with it. That did knock it down for me because I was just barely interested enough to maybe click over to the second episode but i didn't so it only got a three. <laughs> this wasn't enough yeah. they, they crammed too much of that weird little morty kid in there and they didn't they didn't do enough to you know really make me interested so yeah so let's roll over to yokai watch and uh, talk about the plot of this craziness now this was kind of split in two both of these were sort of but it wasn't really defined where they were split into two different mini episodes so you can pretty much oh, look really? at it as a as a total yeah, so in the uh, for Shaman yeah. King, it was actually uh, the boy, a boy who dances with ghosts, and Yo Morty were the the names of the subsections. And in Yokai Watch, they were Yokai are real and the spooky intersection. <laughs> oh, I mean, I I understood there were two, and I th- I see what you mean now. Sorry, I thought you were saying that you couldn't determine in Yokai where the where the break was. Oh no, was like, it was, oh, pretty, was pretty apparent. Pretty I just mean like it wasn't was like a, they didn't need like a title screen to just be like this is the spooky right. intersection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh all yours Mel. Talk about plot of Yokai right. Watch. So I I enjoyed the plot of Yokai Watch. It was pretty pretty classic boy trying to impress girl. Mm. Goes out into the woods, yeah. finds a magical gambling Go uh, on. toy thing. Yeah. What? Huh? And uh, mm. I think the concept, the plot concept of there is this world of spirits that are toying with our everyday realities, I think that's pretty fun, like in concept. In reality, it plays out to be very strange. Uh, 
But I, I did it. I did enjoy it. And then you got this. I don't know. There, the sort of the chaos and the stakes of there's a yokai that's messing with Nate's parents, and they're arguing about yogurt, which is stupid anyway. But she needs the acidophilus. She needs, <laughs> she needs that acidophilus. But so she. But you get, you're just getting the sense that uh, you really, like, things really need to stop, and he really needs to make this yokai go away, and he does it. He, he really, he gets into it, he does it, and then uh, I also really enjoyed the meeting and the story uh, with uh, Jibanyan, and how, uh, how faithful he is to his owner. Yeah, that was sweet. And he's, a, he's the ghost of a dead cat, which is, I sort of liked that. That you think of the yokai as having been something that was real, that then has since passed, and that I really enjoyed the the concept that yokai were something in the physical world, and then had since passed, and now are have become yokai for one reason or another, gotcha. uh, do doing whatever mischief thing that they are doing. Yeah, so, so kind of like the mythology cool. of it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sean, what was your take on the plot? So let me let me let me get into this very quickly. You got you got uh, one hundred twenty. These seconds. are these are ghosts yeah. that we perceive and we can't see that live behind us, yep. that follow us around all the time, mm-hmm. and that affect and impact our daily decisions, moods, and behaviors. Right. So was this written by L. Ron Hubbard? Ooh, because I don't know. He would make this a hell is science. This is though. have you seen his? Face? This is Scientology, guys. Yeah, that is, is what it reminded me. This of. is fucking Scientology through and through. What are those things called? About... What do you? What are? What are the things? Thetans. Oh, I was gonna say midichlorians. I knew that wasn't real. No, that is a made-up thing That's from the Star Wars universe Star Wars that nobody science. cares about anymore. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, it was it was crazy. Uh, that being said, I do want to assume that the whole idea and the plot of the show is to go around and make more ghosts, ghost friends, hear more sad stories about dead cats and intersections, yep. and then befriend them so that you gain their little token that you can then put into, their, in, into your watch. Yeah. That makes sense. I think so. Be, like, yeah, it makes total I, sense. It was, it was all pretty... I mean, it doesn't, it's not that it makes I guess, sense, I guess. In the, but in it the was realm pretty of the show. clear yeah. in the message that they conveyed to the audience. And so I enjoyed that because they got to it pretty quickly. And I... Again, you know, I said for the, the battle mechanics, I love just the idea of the negotiator fight. Uh, it was simple and straightforward. Yeah. You know, I can, see the, I can see the allusion to Scientology, but that didn't stop me from enjoying this. Fair enough. That's the first step, though, so, to get you hooked as a little kid on Yokai Watch, and the next thing you know, you're a <laughs> level four date knight, whatever the <laughs> hell they do. I don't, I don't even know, and I've seen the Scientology Going Claire documentary like four or five yeah, times it's, now. It's pretty great and pretty frustrating. <laughs> Uh, did you have any favorite moments throughout this episode that you want to talk about briefly before I get into it here? You know, I really enjoyed sort of the, the comedic moment where Whisper presents himself to Nate. And, and Whisper basically just looks like a ghost. Like he looks like uh, Boo yeah. from Mario Brothers. Yeah. Right. With like a, with an ice cream dollop, like a vanilla ice cream dollop on top of his head. Yeah. And he... He continues to, to pitch Nate this idea of, like, you have rescued me, and now I'm your friend, and we can now do these cool things, and I'm going to help you out on this. And every time they would zoom in in that moment on Whisper and his excitement, and then they'd always cut back, and it'd be Nate walking away from him, yeah. like, already 20 feet away. Just not even listening. Doesn't give a single fuck about what's going on. Just wants to get out of there and get a magic bug. And then that's the moment where... Whisper asks him, you know, are you looking for these bugs? He summons a ton of them, right. 
which Nate gets very excited about. They swarm Nate and hold him to the floor. And then to get rid of them, this is the second time I'll mention this, Whisper farts purple mist Mm -hmm. from his ghost butthole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) His ghost butthole farts purple mist. (laughs) And it gets rid of all of these shining, like glowing stag beetles that Nate is, is questing for. And so just moments like that, I don't know what it was. This show was... Yes, juvenile. I was going to say, I have but to remind the listeners reason... that yes, despite what we just talked about, this show is actually for kids. Yes. Well, Sean's so just drawn to buttholes in general, so. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. I'm just telling the truth. So I just, They're for grown-ass uh, adults, thought... Mel. Grown-ass man. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought the simplicity behind the show uh, was fantastic, and I, I enjoyed it. Something brainless that I could have put on in the background when I was doing anything and I can sometimes appreciate a show for that simple fact. Uh, you know, I see the points that both you are kind of making. I think I lean more towards Mel's side of things on this one. Um, the fact that the kid just... Well, big surprise. I know. The fact that the kid just wandered into the woods, found, like, this old wooden, like, uh, gumdrop machine. Capsule, like, capsule machine. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That... It's like, that's like not really, it's you, pretty lazy mythology. you go mythology. to the grocery store and you... No, 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 exactly. Like, like you put a, you put a quarter... Yeah, yeah they don't awesome. usually grow in trees, though, in the middle of the park, which is like, I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. You've never been to a Whole Foods. That's true. And then they gloss <laughs> over the fact that, like, apparently 190 years ago, there was some monk that locked Whisper up because he said he was yeah. being evil and, like, screwing up <laughs> a bunch of stuff. So he's basically like Slimer from Ghostbusters. They just happen to lock him yep. up in the containment tank. I don't know. There was just... They, they hop from one thing to the next without ever really giving me a reason to get invested in anything. So I found Whisper annoying. I found the kid kind of like, he didn't seem super excited about having a dead ghost butler pal. He was just kind of like, well, I mean, you're here and now you've trapped me because you gave me this watch thing, which is the only way I can actually see the ghosts around me. Ah, uh, there just wasn't enough to it for me that, that seemed novel, that seemed interesting. And then when they got to the actual sort of antagonists that were other yokai in this one, they completely lost me at that point because it was just Mm -hmm. like, I get that you could just have a conversation with a ghost and you don't have to have a fight and then you can even make a friend. Now it's not an enemy, it's a friend. So that's all super great. It just wasn't interesting for me. And even the the purple uh, farting smoke magic was just kind of like, this is the show, huh? This is what we're doing? I loved it. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Nope. All right, Mel, what did you score this one? I gave, I gave it a three. Gave it a three? That's a grudging it three, just... it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did you hate three that? It's like, I hate three. You hate three. It. Well, if I could give it like a 2.5, I would, but I, we didn't, we're not doing halfsies. No, I just so round it up I'm anyway. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just change your score, so kidding. don't worry. Make a choice. Numbers. So I, yeah, I'd give it a three. Fair enough, Sean. You sound I, like you're a little more positive on this. I gave it a four. I gave it a four. You gave it a love four. I gave it a love four. Aww. Had some flaws, but I, I still, I still genuinely enjoyed it. Well, I'm about to give Mel her two point five because I gave it a two, Oof. and add those two together and average it, and you've got a two point five. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. I don't know. It just wasn't uh, like I said. It was kind of this exposition dump at the beginning that wasn't that interesting. And then the, the technical aspect of it was just kind of like, where did this thing come from? Why do you have it? And the only thing I did like about it was the, their explanation of like, that these gremlin yokai kind of caused this weird behavior in humans. And if they did actually talk that out, which kind of goes back to Sean's mention of like mental illness, uh, if they did actually talk that through, then the problem went away. I like that aspect of it. That's the only reason I got it too, though. Okay. Fair. And now we're going to get into Ooh, we are, boss fights. We're in the, la- we're in the last... The last part of the this. The home stretch. Boss fights. Doing it. 
So I think we're going to be on the same page, at least with this boss. I don't know what's going to happen for Yokai Watch. But uh, for Shaman King, Mel, give me, your, uh, give me the lowdown on the boss of this show here. All right. So boss of this show, Rio, and his crew, the Dead Enders. Nice. Rio was a character that I was so delightfully puzzled by okay. when I first saw him. <laughs> uh, because you don't realize until halfway through listening that he sounds like a vampire, which is why we, we kept saying he sounds like, we're just like, he really sounds like a vampire. Uh, so, and I love as far as anime villains go, uh, it's, there's some delightful confusion of cultures going on where he looks like Elvis and has this big weird pompadour <laughs> yeah. in front of him. And then, and he's, you know, and he's larger than life and has this weird crew with all different kind of looking dudes. Uh, but I, you know, and he's ridiculous. Like he, how is this supposed to be an intimidating human being? I don't know. That hair cannon was pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. The, the angles on his sideburns were pretty scary. If this I was guess. Saturday Night Fever. He would have definitely been a villain. Yeah. So there you go. So Sean, did you come up with, uh, who came up with Vampire Elvis? Uh, I think Mel, Mel did. It was me. Good job, Mel. Mel came up yeah. with Vampire so give Elvis. Me your, give me your lowdown on uh, Vampire Elvis there. Oh no. I thought Morty was the villain. You thought Morty was the villain. You're <laughs> no, I'm joking. kidding. Okay, I was like, that makes zero um, sense. <laughs> you really caught me on that one. I thought uh, you were being I thought serious. That he was, I thought that he was the villain because he just fought the plot of this yeah, show. Yeah, because he just antagonized time. the audience the entire time. Because yeah. he was a bag of shit. Um, if episode two he dies, I'll watch the rest of the series. Yeah, we'll make you a deal, Shaman King. Kill Morty nice. and we he's, are back. Turn Morty yeah. into he's a yokai. The he's in the theme song, so he's, he's still around. Oh, but I want him to scream like Morty and Pocket Morty. Rick! I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> oh, I don't like this. Um, I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, Guys, I, I'll go download Pocket Morty right uh, now. I'm, I'm, I've been playing it the entire podcast. That's why I'm not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed uh, uh, Ryu. I thought the, the voice acting behind him uh, was fantastic. And I thought the, the design made no sense. Like wearing two patterns, like two conflicting patterns at the same time that just suddenly happened to work. And you're like, I didn't think plaid and polka dots would go well together, but it does. And you're blown away by it. <laughs> that's what this bot, that's, that's what Ryu was like for me. I enjoyed every minute of it. I hope he's the boss in every episode. That would be if He's not the main so sad. antagonist in this show. <laughs> fuck this show. <laughs> no, you said you did. I mean, some my, my general response for, yeah, well, I mean, just a, a, a little bit, but you know, my, my general uh, sense is that if he's not in every episode, this show interesting all right well my take on it wasn't quite to that extent um i thought he was a pretty typical first episode villain so i mean that that was fine i like that he had kind of a crazy design and he was obviously a uh a fairly intimidating character at least as far as his his minions went his kind of weird motley crew of just like cobbled together dudes who like to hang out in a graveyard and beat people up i did like the fact that they tried to like elevate his status <laughs> by he was like standing on this tombstone and then he kicks the thing over and it breaks. And one of his minions is like, you, do you know what you just did? That's Amita Mora's tomb. And you know, then he gives you this exposition about the guy's legend. And he's like, that's like a really disrespectful thing to do. And it also, the legend says that that tomb was the only thing keeping his spirit like buried in the ground. So you done fucked up. And I love that this guy didn't care. He actually slices the tombstone in half just to make sure that it is well and fully destroyed. 
So I do like with the wooden sword. With the wooden, with sword. The wooden sword. It looked like I thought Yo had the wooden sword at this point. So I, it didn't look wooden. He to had me. one eventually at the end, okay. but they both had wooden. They both had wooden weapons. Wooden weapons. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But this is also I like that his he's got that level of um, villainy where he's just like fuck history and respect. I don't care about that shit. I'm the leader of a cemetery gang. So <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> oh, and then he beats the shit out of Morty too. I forgot that he beats the hell out of Morty. Morty, like I thought he died. Thought he was going to be a spirit, but he was just like completely pummeled uh, almost to death. And then the (laughs) fact that uh, Yo can defeat him with Amita Muro's spirit so easily, I was like, okay, this is just our introductory villain, so I'm going to knock him down a few few pegs. He's no Yu-Gi-Oh! Mr. Pegasus. He's not a Mr. Pegasus with the Millennium Eye, the silver hair. You love Mr. Pegasus. Jesus. (laughs) He's the worst. Mel, what did you score, Mr. Rio? Uh... I, you know, I gave it a three. Okay. Another grudging three. Yeah. I hate three. Uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, this would be a 3.5. Oh, a 3.5. I have a feeling it's going to, it's going to average out. I'll give you 3.4, let's say. Okay. Because it'll come okay. back down. So, Sean, how did you, how'd you <laughs> score Rio, the vampire? I liked him so much. I gave him a five. Oh, my God. Five. I what'd gave him give, a five. What did you give Kaiba last week? Uh, I don't remember. I gave Kaiba a five I last week. Five. Kaiba's Kaiba amazing. Awesome. I didn't, I didn't super He's like not Kaiba, as good as... Well, Kaiba doesn't like you, so... Kaiba basically Whatever. ripped a rare card in half, killed Yugi's grandfather, more or less, and then just, like, <laughs> spit on Yugi in the middle of battle before he got spirit stomped in the forehead. But... Yeah, still didn't do it for me. Man, really? So Ryo, this vampire Elvis. Uh, I gave it a three, because I liked his design. I liked that he was kind of a jerk, but he wasn't, you know... Super crazy powerful. He was not Kaiba level for me, so I'll give him a three. No, no, no. So exactly. three, four, five. Interesting. Interesting. I think that's a good. That's a good meter. Is is he as good as or better than Kaiba? Yeah, I think that's Kaiba. I think really holds the the baton for the me. silver standard for you. Yes, the silver standard. Yes, so, in episode two. So now we're gonna get into the most confusing part of the night. I'm curious <laughs> to see what's gonna happen here because, like we talked about, Yokai Watch doesn't have traditional battles, which means they don't have traditional bosses. So Mel, what's <laughs> your take on this? Let's see what you got. All right. <laughs> so the the boss or the big bad, <laughs> yeah. I would say, are the Yokai. I I won't say what like, I think, but. Holistically, I believe they are the Hoka- the yokai. So those are the bosses, right? I mean, I'm not saying anything I mean, one way or the other, you, but that's, no. that's oh, okay. I, that's I, I I'm putting it on the table for my that's my defend yourself. Okay, so I you know, so if the whole point of the show is to battle the yokai, right. then that's who was bad is the yokai. Uh, so that's already pretty confused. But I guess it's like, uh, I that's really what made the plot. Not as great as you could have had it because there's no stakes, right. really. I mean, the yokai are either bad or they're just causing mayhem, which is lame and weak anyway. You just get insurance. So, yeah, exactly. You, you Thank just, you. <laughs> what is it? Farmers hey, are dummy. I forgot who does the. Just the listen mayhem. to the Law and Order SVU podcast, and they'll they'll talk about that guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's gone now. They're already so, past his episode. Uh, well, I don't know. I just thought it was a. Uh, I just, I just thought it was lame. I really, I can't talk more about it because we don't really see any, ba- there's no battling. Right. There's no conflict. Exactly. It doesn't, it's zero stakes. Now I'm curious to hear Loserville. Sean's take on who he thought the boss was in this episode. You know, sometimes, sometimes a conflict doesn't have to be with fists. Sometimes it can be a conflict of the heart. Oh God. Of a, of a ghost fist. <laughs> and in that case, I would say Dismeralda 
is the boss of this episode. But, but she fair. becomes friend. Well, at first she's not. But sometimes... <laughs> sometimes... <laughs> I, I hate you where can, this is going. <laughs> sometimes you can turn an enemy into the closest of friends. Yeah. I hate Or this. possibly a frenemy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't see what the problem is with this. And so I, I, <sighs> I really thought that Dismeralda... And Tell us about Dismeralda, though, too, because we haven't really talked so about her. Dismeralda was a her. purple pudding pile. Oh, God, laziest thing ever. <laughs> she's a, she's she's a purple shit. If Whisper farts purple smoke, this is what happens <laughs> if he has a solid BM. He just shits out Dismeralda. <laughs> and you guys so, give character Dis- design like a five. <laughs> purple shit ghosts. Just saying Dave. the words purple pudding pile, I can hear the sound of like dumping pudding onto a table. Yeah. <laughs> purple pudding pile. It's good onomatopoeia for the show. <laughs> purple pudding so pile. P, so, so P3 yeah. was just a lethargic pile like that of uh, just a, yeah, she was a depressing Eeyore character. And then she begins to get into this thing that is so heartfelt that she had a fight with her husband right. and she's upset. And so she tried to just find another place to go and someplace else to be because she didn't want to be alone. And it just so happened that Nate's parents were the first people that were viable candidates that she found to hung out with. And so she apologized almost immediately. She's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. And you realize that like kids watching their parents fight, there's only one option that a kid immediately jumps to, which is, oh shit, they're getting a divorce. Yeah. And so Nate is sitting there thinking to himself like, oh no, this is really bad. They're fighting over, over yogurt, fighting over a fucking cup of ch- like of Greek yogurt. Play. Yeah. Like they're, <laughs> Chibani. <laughs> Chibani. they're fighting over a cup of Chibani. Like, oh, this is a, a bad thing. And then, yeah, guess what? You have a ghost butler. Send that fucker to go get another yeah. thing of Chibani. Yeah, but it, it's just the idea that then you have, uh, was it, was it Fieri? Who was her husband? Happy Air is what, uh, how I saw it. Happy, Happy Air. Air. Yeah. I don't, it was for like some reason, the, I had Guy Fieri stuck no, in my No, it was definitely head. not Guy Fieri. It was like an amalgamation <laughs> exactly. of uh, happiness and Pierre because he was just like this weird French candle who was super excited yeah. all the time. So basically, Guy Fieri. So Guy Fieri walks right. in and just is, is immediately comforting and is like, honey, like, where have you been? Like, I'm not going to do the French accent. Don't worry. So uh-huh. he's like, <laughs> where have you been? Where have you been? Mon chéri. My so sweet pepper just, pudding he... pile. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And so he just gets into it and it's just like, you know, I miss you. I'm so sorry. We shouldn't fight, dear. Like, you should come home. Can't wait to. Get in his pudding. Get in his pudding. Just all up in it. <laughs> you know oh. what I'm saying? <laughs> Dave, I think it's your time to turn, take an opinion he's here a pudding now. Chaser. Yeah. Happy air is a pudding uh. chaser. <laughs> but I just, I thought that that was a very nice scene. And then I loved the fact that uh, with the resolution of this boss, you had the resolution of the conflict between Nate's parents. Too. Fair enough. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you that Dismeralda was the quote unquote boss. But even if she really was, I mean, she had a fight with her husband. She made other people angry. And basically, they just made up, made weird pudding babies, and then just left everybody alone. So You say it like that's a foreign concept. That's life. I don't want to watch it in a show called Yo-Kai Watch. experience. No, I'm with Dave. You don't want to watch watch something that that I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get that they're trying to set up like conversation or confrontation. It's one of the two. They just happen to have two conversations in this episode. That's not what I'm here for. So gotcha. between okay. that and then Jabanian, who wasn't, you didn't know what was going to happen at first. Cause he, when you first see this 
yokai. He's kind of like this weird, scary silhouette of a cat. Uh, and then he just turns out to be this cute little lost dead cat who got hit by a truck. His owner basically blamed him for being too weak to live after getting hit by a truck. And now he wants to basically go find her. So I'm assuming the rest of the, the series follows their travels as like he's trying to go find his, uh, his previous owner and build up enough strength to fight a truck. Either way, for me, these were not threats. They were just annoyances. So they weren't like big boss battles. So for me, yeah. I gave it a one. I gave it a one. Wow. Okay. John, All right. Shots fired. John, what did you give this one? Uh, I gave it a four. What the fuck? <laughs> gave it a Come four. on. I gave it a four. A purple I pile liked, of pudding. You gave a I four for a boss. purple pudding pile. Desmeralda. She was great. She's great. It's Happy Air was great as well. I loved it. Happy Air wasn't even a boss, though. I don't even care. Happy Air canceled out the boss. A third bit French candle character of Guy Fieri came in <laughs> and, and cleared up the boss without the kid having to do anything. It's a one. Pretty much. Mel, what was your oh take? That's your score. <laughs> I gave it a two. Okay, I'm thinking about taking off a point for spite, though, at this point. Take your spike point. All right, I'm giving it a one. Give giving it, it a one. Gave it a one. I'm gonna. That's that's gonna wrap it up for the uh, rundowns. Do you guys have any final thoughts on either of these shows before we tally them up? I really hope that Jabanian. <laughs> that's the dead I, cat. I, I really hope yeah. that Jabanian's yeah, our our dead cat friend from Yokai Watch. I hope that her owner just goes to homeless animal shelters and just insults the animals that are for in being there too weak to, to have a home. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. What a She's the worst. I hope she what turns into a yokai and she's like the final boss that they just murder. Ooh, plot twist. twist. So I'm going to tell you my score for Shaman King here. Do you guys have yours ready? Yeah. Yep. Shaman King, I've got a 14 out of 25. Nice. 14 out of I 25. had a 14 as well. Oh, wow. That's so weird. I had a 15. That's really close, you guys. <clears throat> Makes way more sense than I last think... week. I think because I, uh, I think I really loved the game mechanics a little bit more than you guys did. Except this okay. is this is still like an average of about a sixty out of a hundred, uh, and this is the, yeah, it's this not is, doing good. That's not good. This is the second seed. They're supposed to have about an yeah. eighty, so we're not quite uh, we're not quite meshing up with the viewers out there. But that's fine. Uh, for Yokai Watch, <laughs> oh boy, I have a I have a nine. Oh, out of twenty single digits. That's pretty bad. Sean, what, what did a, you have? Oh, Mel, go ahead. Oh, I had a thirteen. Okay, like a number thirteen. So a little lower than uh, <laughs> a little lower than Shaman King. Sean's probably got something super embarrassing, like a twenty-eight out of twenty-five. <laughs> Is that? Because I would if it's possible. Oh my a, god, I, can I have see a, it. I have a nineteen. 19. Jesus, Sean. Sean is eternally optimistic for these shows. Once we get to some actual good ones, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> so we got a fourteen. Sean just wants to watch. Oh, sorry. I was going to say he just wants to watch the end of Yokai Watch, which is the exercise song over that, and over again, and then he'd be happy and score it a 25. I forgot to mention this. That took, that took my theme song points down another point because when I sat through that outro, I was furious. And I took furious. another point Furious is the right word. Song. Took another point down. As, yeah. <laughs> Worst outro song I've ever been a part it's of. It's really bad. It's really, bad. it's really bad. So go check it out. Uh, even though we're kind of like eviscerating <laughs> these shows, you guys should definitely just go check them out just to see what we're talking about. And feel free to watch the first episodes with us. Uh, at the end of our rundown of our info here, we're going to tell you what's next coming up on the schedule. But before we do that, I'd like to thank Mel for joining us once again. Thank you for... Uh, yay. yay! Round two, Pocket Monster Madness moment. You're welcome. So Mel, what do you have going on in the wide world out there you'd like to share with our listeners? Ah, uh, you know... <laughs> 
You know, not a whole lot. We got a lot of music coming up this week at Capital Fringe. Uh, we have a show. Actually, oh, I'm saying we're not, not a lot's going on. We have a gallery opening on the on Thursday of this of this next week that is going to be followed by some music. So if you are really into uh, cool album covers, being sort of bedazzled and jazzed up on the 10th at 7 o'clock at the Capitol Fringe, you should come check out the show. It's called 12 by 12, which is the size of the art, and it's also the size of the album covers. Oh, cool. uh, so that should be pretty cool. Um, if we want to find Capital Fringe online, where would we find that? CapitalFringe.org. Is it capital with an uh, O? Nope. Capital. 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 Got it. Um, so you are welcome to check that out. Uh, you can see more of my uh, adventures in Capital Fringe by checking me out on the Instagrams at Melanie underscore Gwyn, G-W-Y-N-N-E, and then on the Twitters at Melanie Gwyn. Although I've really not been tweeting a whole lot, but you can see me retweet everything from Saturday morning cartoons. Which so we, we... That's worth it on its own. And we definitely love the fact that you do that. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Sean, what do you have going on? I am going to be competing and performing in Washington Improv Theater's Fighting Improv Smackdown Tournament. Fist. Which... Fist. I am going to be fisting Ugh. for the month of March and the first two weeks in April. It's a long time. So to come fist. and check us out. It is a very long time. But the you gotta, great fisting. You got to get into it. You oh. really got to get into it. Got to ease into it as much as possible. This is the grossest thing I've Pur- ever talked about. Purple yep. pudding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think about it. Uh, you can find out. You can find out all about the different shows that we have that are going on, and you can purchase tickets. All of that information is available at witdc.org, and I am, as always, performing with a group called Knox, and which you can actually now follow us. We will be posting stuff on Instagram. Uh, we have a, a username on Instagram. It's at Knox Improv. That's N-O-X Improv. And as always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis. Very cool. I've actually got some fun Dave, news what are you, for you guys. This yeah, week. you've got some really fun news yeah. that I'm super pumped about. So let's get into let's this. Let's get into it. So I'll give you the, the normal stuff first. If you want to find me on uh, Twitter, you can do so at DrClawMD. You can also find me over at Collider.com, where I'll still be recapping shows like uh, Arrow and The Walking Dead and just covering a lot of movie and TV news as well. So we got a lot of cool stuff going on over at Collider.com. If you're interested in my fiction work, which I just write some short fiction, put it up on the site davetrombor.com. And as of this airing, actually, because my first article for this uh, company went up today, I am now a science uh, freelance writer for Nerdist. Wow! The Nerdist Network. Get it, Dave! Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I just reached out to a friend of mine over there. Well, a friend of mine, a a guy that I met during a, a set visit. Uh, who's, his name's Chris Hardwick. His name's Chris Hardwick. <laughs> uh, his name's Kyle Hill. He's actually the science editor for uh, Nerdist. Cool guy. I just reached out to him to say, like, hey, I'm looking to get into some science writing because that's, you know, what I paid thousands of dollars for uh, to go to school is science, not writing about movies all day, which I love and pays the bills. But, yeah, just decided to get into it. So I just, just now started. So if you guys check out Nerdist and, and look for me, you'll probably find some articles up there unless they've fired me by the time the show airs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's so Got a little cool, Nerdist Dave. insight, too. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And we're trying to fold it into Saturday Morning Cartoons at some point. And if you're interested in finding out more about us, you can do so at SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also check us out on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. We've also got a Facebook page and a YouTube account. 
You can also listen to the podcast each and every week through iTunes and Stitcher. I think we're going to work on getting on Spotify. That's something I've been uh, trying to do. They only just now made it available that you can put shows up on Spotify. So So hopefully in the future. Yeah, we're going to look into that. If you guys have any suggestions on future episodes or you want to argue about pocket monsters, feel free to send us an email, saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. As far as the rest of the month, we've still got Pocket Monster Madness coming up. Sean, do you have the uh, schedule up in front of you, what what we've got coming up? Absolutely, Dave. Next week, we have what I'm pretty sure everybody would have thought would have been the number one seeded Pocket Monster show, Pokemon versus Beyblade. Ah! Sorry, I'm so excited (laughs) and Zoro the Beyblade in the back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited and sad that I won't be on the episode, but you guys are going to have fun. Uh, following that episode, we have Monster Rancher versus Magi Nation. And to round out the month, we have Digimon versus Zatch Bell. It might, that might actually be the one I'm looking forward to the most. I think I kind of stumped for both of those shows probably more than any other ones. <laughs> so we'll see how that works. I think every, every, every iteration for the next three weeks, for the next three weeks, I think that I only know one of the two shows that we're about to watch, okay. and so one of them is going to be completely new to That'll me. That'll be cool. Unlike this week where both yeah. things were new and we kind of got blindsided by stuff. So, Oh, boy. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Eee. Well, I think that's going to do it for round two of Pocket Monster March Madness Month. So hopefully you guys are enjoying the show. Feel free to let us know if we got the wrong idea, the right idea, who you think should win. We're going to put all kinds of polls and stuff up throughout the week, too. So feel free to check back in on the site, Facebook page, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next time when we're talking Pokemon and that Beyblade show. (laughs) I'm not biased. (laughs) Pokemon for life. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening.